Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and happy Victory Monday. The New York Giants picked up their third win of the season, their second against Washington this year, completed the sweep over the Commanders with a 31-19 victory, and man, DeVito Dimes, baby. Tommy DeVito was unstoppable. Three touchdowns, zero turnovers. When the Giants forced those six turnovers, you knew the Giants offense was going to get points on the board. It was a great change of pace and awesome performance from the New York Giants offense. Saquon Barkley looked like the superstar that we know he is. Darius Slayton, before getting injured, was having a great game. Shout out to Darius Slayton. We saw a phenomenal performance across the board from this Giants offense. I'm going to give credit to Mike Kafka in this episode and say he did a great job calling this game and really just have to give so much credit to Tommy DeVito. Like This is a young kid, a rookie, undrafted, still living at home. We all know and love the story. But man, he he balled out today, and it hasn't been pretty for him in every single game that he's played. In fact, it's been rather ugly in some of these other performances. But I think what we're seeing here, a young kid who's growing into his own and starting to develop into a competent player in the NFL and playing with a lot of confidence, it's a great story to follow, and it's a lot of fun to watch Tommy DeVito go out there and play football for the New York Giants. So we're going to go ahead and dive into yesterday's game, talk about the win, what it means for the Giants, what it means for their draft stock, because it did have some pretty significant ramifications on the Giants' uh, first-round pick especially with the schedule coming up and you really just discuss how this Giants team is playing what our expectations are for the rest of the season following this rivalry matchup win but before we dive into all that make sure to like if you do enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in in the comment section if you're listening on apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants without further ado Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And how are you feeling after watching Danny De- or Tommy DeVito dime up the Washington Commanders defense? I'll, I'll tell you what. I think we have to come up with a new nickname for, for Danny. I think Danny Dots. Maybe Danny Dots could work. Or DeVito Dots, rather. DeVito Dots. Danny Dimes. I don't want to give him the same you know, nickname as, as uh, Daniel Jones. Give him a little bit of his individuality. But I'll tell you what, guys. Um, I never the am going to be upset about stallion. a loss. The Italian stallion, you know, Paisano, <laughs> the whole thing. Give it to him. So I'll tell you this right now. I don't ever hate the Giants lo- like winning games. I'll, I'll never root for them to lose. Now, the narrative that is currently ongoing right now is that loss was bad for them because they lose, you know, ground in, in the draft area. So right now they're at the fifth overall pick. They were at the second overall pick. There's a long season ahead. They could easily lose. I mean, look, like let's let's speak honestly. The Chargers just lost to the Packers. We're definitely not beating the Eagles. Like, if we don't beat the New England Patriots, we're likely not going to win another game this season. The Rams are a decent team. They have an offense that can score more than 20 points. I mean, our defense balled out. And, like, shout out to Dexter Lawrence. The guy is a freaking menace to society. Oh, my God. He is so freaking good. Kayvon Thibodeau, shout out to him. All the people calling him busts, where are you now? Please, come to come to the center stage because we would love to interview about how dumb of a take that was. Kayvon Thibodeau. 10 and a half sacks this year, maybe even more, maybe 11 sacks now, 10 sacks, whatever he's at, has been excellent lately. Absolutely excellent. He was phenomenal. Um, Kayvon has been great. He's finally coming into his own. And for all the people, you know, Wink Martindale doesn't allow edge rushers to get sacks. Well, you know, Anthony, they haven't been dropping him into coverage very often. You know, we like to see that. They've been using him as a pure pass rusher, letting him get after the quarterback. He's starting to get that rhythm. 
And I think they kind of figure out how to use him correctly. So now we're seeing him at the top of his game alongside Dexter. Um, you know, six turnovers yesterday. Jason Pinnock looked phenomenal. Deontay Banks had a solid game against Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, even uh, Trey Hawkins had a decent game. Uh, Bobby O'Karake, once again, two forced fumbles. The guy's a freaking animal. And you know what? Like, Cordell Flott had a good game before the suspension, too. You know, I loved, his, I loved what I saw from him. So all across the board, the Giants especially on the defensive side, were absolutely excellent. But I want to talk about Tommy DeVito. Um, you know, DeVito Dots. What, do you, what did you see from him yesterday? You know, what, 250 yards, something like that, in that round, around that range, three touchdown passes. And I'll tell you what, last week, I was like, there's no way we're winning with Tommy DeVito. I'll take that to the chin, man. He definitely proved me wrong. He showed up, and he played a very solid game. Nine sacks. Not great. A lot of them are his faults, but I think that's part of the growing pains of being an undrafted rookie quarterback. You have to get rid of the ball faster, but man, he was aggressive. He was accurate. He had a couple balls that were, you know, skipped off the dirt a little bit behind. There was one behind Wandale, but you know, it's by let bygones be bygones. We won that game because he had a really good performance and look, an undrafted player just stepped into an offense and had a game like that. You know, that's, that's a big indication that our offense is capable. We have a capable offense guys. Why has it not been capable? You know, what did you see from Tommy DeVito that you really liked that said to you, this guy could be our QB two of the future. He could be our backup. He could be a competent player in this league. Um, and some of the things that he may have, may have done better than even Tyrod or Daniel Jones. What did you see from him that you liked in this win? Listen, I, I really liked what we saw from Tommy DeVito. First and foremost, I'm an Italian-American man, so I couldn't be prouder watching him go out there and ball out. You know, like, this makes me happy. This is a big win for me, for my people. I'm really happy that Tommy DeVito went out there and performed the way that he did. And it's just a great story, like you said. But what really stands out for me with Tommy DeVito that's your question. I'll say it right here. Confidence. The kid plays with confidence. Like he goes balls to the walls. He doesn't care. He takes those sacks. Yes, like you said, a lot of them are his fault. But a lot of that is him standing in the pocket confidently, not caring about taking the big hit and looking to make the big play. And if you're asking me what the difference is between Tommy DeVito and what we've seen from other quarterbacks, Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor, namely, Tommy DeVito isn't afraid to just stand in there, get the shit beat out of him, and look for that big play. Like, he's constantly looking for it. Is he the fastest processor? No, okay? He's a little bit slow to get to some of these reads because he's a young quarterback. He doesn't have 10-plus years of NFL experience like Tyrod Taylor, not six years or five years of experience like uh, Daniel Jones. But he's going through the motions here, learning how to play quarterback at the NFL level. And it's kind of fun watching his growth for over the past three weeks because we saw in that game against the Jets a quarterback that was lost out there. Like he didn't know what he was doing necessarily. He couldn't hit throws underneath 10 yards. He wasn't ready to go out there and play. He wasn't expected to go out there and suit up at any point. So it was a real shock to his system. But now over the past couple of weeks, we're seeing the Giants give him a little bit more responsibility put a little bit more confidence into him and watch him take that confidence and run with it. And now he's playing with a lot of confidence and it's really fun to see. I mean, listen, rookie quarterbacks don't always step out there and do the CJ Stroud thing. I mean, like we're watching Bryce Young, first overall pick in this draft. He also had a tough game this week threw another pick six uh, to Dallas and Panthers lost again. But listen, that doesn't mean Bryce Young is a bad quarterback and always will be. He's a rookie quarterback. And this is what you kind of see from these guys. They're going to have their moments of excellent sometimes like Tommy DeVito just had and then maybe Tommy DeVito next week against the Patriots it could all fall apart because he's a rookie quarterback learning how to play the position at the NFL level this is just what happens like you got to be patient with these guys and that's kind of what we were talking about before yesterday's game Alex we were discussing Tommy DeVito and you're like man Tommy DeVito I don't know if the Giants can ever win a game with him and before the game even started I said to you 
I actually 100% disagree. I think that we've seen some good things from Tommy DeVito, and we need to be patient with him and let him de- develop and grow. And then lo and behold, in yesterday's game, the development started to come together, and he put together an awesome performance um, and led the Giants to a big division rivalry win. So what I'm seeing from Tommy DeVito is a bit of aggression. He reads high to low. We were talking about this before we started recording, Alex. There was this play where Daniel Bellinger just sits on a hitch route. He's wide open, but there was also an over route coming over the top. He freaking ripped it into a tight window, hit Darius Slayton. And yeah, we've seen many times Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor, both of them, take that check down to Daniel Bellinger. It's wide open there, so why not just take the five yards? Tommy DeVito doesn't read low to high. He doesn't look at the check down and then look past it. He looks high and then comes back low. So if the high route isn't there, then he'll throw the check down. And that's what I really like from DeVito. That's what I really like from a lot of these quarterbacks in the upcoming draft class that we've discussed as well, Alex. Like we see Drake may have that Josh Allen ability where he reads the 50-yard portion of the field first and then works his way back down to the 10-yard portion that takes his um, check downs. Like we've seen that from some of these prospects that we've started evaluating. We see it from a lot of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. And now we're seeing Tommy DeVito has that trait where he reads the deep portion of the field and then comes back to what's there for him underneath. And I really like that style of play. I think that's what's necessary in Brian Dable, Mike Kafka's offense for what it's worth. He's a scheme fit because of that. You know, like when you're building an offense, building a scheme, there's a lot of deep routes out there or mid mid length routes that break open that sometimes don't get thrown just because there's these wide open checkdowns. But in this Giants offense that Brian Dable's trying to build, you got to look high to low. And Tommy DeVito is doing that. He's playing with confidence. He doesn't care how many times he gets hit, doesn't care how many times he gets sacked. Would we like to see him get through his reads a little bit quicker, not take so many sacks? Absolutely. But again, he's a rookie, undrafted quarterback from Illinois. He's not some big school product. He's not some big name star prospect coming out. He was a nobody and he's making himself a somebody. It's an awesome story to follow. It's really fun to watch him develop. And again, like I said with the offensive linemen when we recorded last week, Alex, Josh Azidu, Marcus McKethan, Giants fans, we just need to be patient with some of these young players. Even Kayvon Thibodeau, people weren't patient with him. And like you just mentioned, 10 and a half sacks on the year already. First two weeks of the season, people were calling him a bust because he didn't have a sack yet. So it's just about patience with these young players. Tommy DeVito is no different. First few weeks, wasn't looking like a great player, but he, you got to remember he flashed some potential in the preseason, and now he's starting to put it together with some patience, with some time to develop. He's playing with confidence, and he's starting to look like he can be a competent, long-term backup quarterback for the New York Giants, which is not a bad thing to have. In fact, that's very valuable to have a guy who sits in your system for years and years, continues to develop, and you know that if you have a quarterback injury, he could step in and give you quality football. I think Tommy DeVito is developing into that player that could step in as a backup and give you quality football for the next several seasons and that's really valuable really important so again love the story love what we're seeing from Tommy DeVito and I think that we're seeing a special story and and seeing the Giants hopefully developing a backup quarterback long term which is really really exciting and Alex I know that you agree with me like that's something that's very valuable especially considering the injury history of Daniel Jones I mean he's had the neck injuries now he has this ACL tear who knows if he's the quarterback of the future, if he remains the franchise quarterback, the starter. It's nice to know. I assume you agree with me. It's really nice to know that you have Danny or Tommy DeVito behind Daniel Jones just kind of developing here and hopefully turning into a competent backup that can step in anytime there's a quarterback injury. Absolutely. I mean, having a competent backup is sometimes saves a season. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, look at the Jets right now. Zach Wilson is not a competent backup, and they are screwed. All they had to do was 
win enough games with an elite defense to make the playoffs so Aaron Rodgers could return. And Zach Wilson can't even move the freaking ball. So it's like, you know, if they had Josh Dobbs, if they had Tyrod Taylor, they would probably have won two, if not three more of those games. And that's the unfortunate truth for them. Like you see what you see what a backup quarterback can do for a team. Um, and the truth is like if Tommy DeVito turns into a competent one, that's a really good situation for the Giants, especially because he's going to be dirt freaking cheap for a long time. He's an undrafted rookie. Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor is getting paid a pretty penny. So you save some money there. Um, I do think that I want to shout out the offensive line too. Yes, Tommy DeVito got, DeVito got sacked nine times. A lot of them were because he held the ball for a really long time and was kind of running around the pocket. Um, still managed to get the job done, which is fine. You know, that processing hopefully will improve with more experience and, you know, just learning the offense in real action, real time. But shout out to one specific player, Justin Pugh. Justin Pugh has stepped onto this team off his couch and performed at a very admirable level. In fact, I've been uh, kind of banging the drum. I want them to keep him for next year. I want them to give him a two-year deal and, and keep him around for the foreseeable future because, man, this guy just stepped in, and he's a left guard by nature. He was competent at left tackle. He was doing his best. He, he survived out there. But he's a good left guard, like, a, like an actually a good left guard. And he kicked ass yesterday. Him and Andrew Thomas were excellent. You know, they, they, they got Saquon Barkley in the second half running behind those two guys. And, man, they, he had so much success. He had that 31-yard run. I mean, it was, it was excellent. You know, they were really good in pass protection. The left side of the Giants' offensive line was excellent. And John Michael Schmitz, um, there was a couple of moments where he got beat. You know, it was really coming around that right side uh, with Tyree Phillips and Ben Bredesen. Bredesen, obviously, traditionally a left guard as well, trying to kind of catch on and, and at the right guard position with Gluinski out. But, you know, that offensive line, look, Washington traded their top two edge rushers. They still have Jerome Payne and Jonathan Allen, very, very good players. And they, they you know, the Giants dominated them in the trenches. Like, they they won that game up front. And you watch Tommy DeVito back there and how much time he has in the pocket. Um, we haven't seen a quarterback on this team have that much time in a long time, you know. Uh, a lot of people, and I think that it's fair to say, if Daniel Jones had that much time in the pocket, we may have seen a similar performance for him. You know, we may have seen a very good performance for Daniel Jones. Totally possible. Same thing with Tyrod Taylor. So I'm not going to say, like, Tommy DeVito can do it and Daniel Jones can't. I'm going to say the offensive line stepped up. And that means the quarterback does a lot better because they have time to read the field, time to hit their reads, time to move and progress through each individual player. And I loved the fact that we got the ball into the hands of Darius Slayton more often. I mean, if this team can get the verticals, the vertical side of the field, like if you can get Darius Slayton downfield and Jalen Hyatt, you're going to open up so much. And we don't even have Darren Waller right now. So, you know, Slayton, hopefully he's healthy. Obviously, I think he got, they picked up that arm injury late in the game. But I loved for what I what I saw from him. I mean, he he hasn't dropped that many passes a year. He had that one bad drop a couple weeks ago, but that's the only one that stands out to me. Um, he's been really solid. They have not gotten him the ball enough. I actually think he's a very solid player. Given how much receivers are making these days, $6 million for Darius Slade is an absolute steal. The fact that we just don't throw the ball enough and we don't target him enough and we don't have a competent passing attack, that's more of an indication of everything else and not Slayton. So I actually really want to get him more involved moving forward, you know, given he's healthy. I think he could be a very productive player for us. He has been. He's been probably our best receiver for the last four years. Um, I really want to see them continue to feed him. I want to see them get vertical. I want to see Jalen Hyatt getting more involved on deep passes. You know, Tommy DeVito, he, he's not going to be the best uh, uh, quarterback when it comes to th throwing the ball like 40, 50 yards downfield. I don't think he has that type of arm talent, but he is really solid in the short to intermediate ranges where you can make a living. You know, you, that's, that's what Tom Brady did half his career. You know, most of his career, he just was the most accurate quarterback in the intermediate to short ranges. Um, he had a great deep ball, obviously. Um, had a cannon, but like he was elite in those two portions of the field. And the, the Patriots won games because of that. And I think that Tommy DeVito, obviously not Tom Brady, but if he can be competent in those two categories, 
you're going to have a functioning offense, you know? And then you add, if you get a quarterback, if you get a guy that can throw the ball deep, you know, Daniel Jones was really bad this year throwing the deep ball. And, you know, that's un- unfortunately just the facts. Um, he missed a lot of throws this year throwing it deep. A lot. You know, ones that should have been easy walk-in touchdowns. So, um, and in the past, he hasn't done that. I think he really was just feeling the pressure from the offensive line. And I think it got to him mentally, and he was just off balance. He wasn't he wasn't situating his base. His fundamentals were breaking down. And I think it impacted his game significantly uh, when he was healthy. So, you know, we'll see what the Giants do next year. Obviously, falling to the fifth overall pick definitely muddies the waters in terms of a new quarterback. We'll see how they progress in terms of draft spot. But, um, Anthony, you know, tell me your thoughts about the offensive line, you know, the protection you saw, how much it impacts the quarterback position, and also your thoughts on Justin Pugh, who I thought, you know, was probably one of our best players yesterday. Yeah, listen, I I don't want to gas up the offensive line too much and say that it was some dominant outing for them because I I thought it was really ugly in the running game. I thought that the Giants offensive line really struggled to open up um, some holes for Saquon Barkley. They did a few times and he, you know, sprung free for a few runs. Um, In particular, he had a 36-yard run, which was phenomenal. Like, Barkley had some opportunities to make plays and he capitalized on them. But I also, I recall this game and I think back on it and there were just so many moments where there was like three Washington Commanders defenders in the backfield, like as Saquon Barkley was getting the ball handed to him because of just blown blocks on the offensive line and and run blocking. So, you know, listen, the offensive line played better, but they still struggled a lot in, in run blocking. And I thought they had their moments where they did struggle in pass protection. I thought Kafka did a great job of using play action, a lot of motion, scheming together, some extra time in the pocket for Tommy DeVito. The nine sacks is an inflated number. The offensive line did not give up nine sacks. In fact, they probably only gave up two to three. I think Tommy DeVito really took a lot of those sacks himself. One of them as well, he scrambled up and got sacked with like a one-yard loss. He was running um, and got tackled like one yard behind the line of scrimmage. That's a sack in the NFL's definition. So like a lot of these sacks are fake. These numbers are not, they don't tell the full story here. doesn't say that the Giants offensive line was bad because they did play a pretty good game, like you mentioned, Alex. And Justin Pugh, what he really brings to this team is leadership. Like, I, I think that he played a good game yesterday. I mean, we're waiting on the numbers. You know, we don't know how many pressures he let up, whatever. I thought that he played a great game. But what he really brings to this team is leadership. When Justin Pugh is on the field, at least when he got here this season, this offensive line just started to look better. The chemistry has looked better. The communication has looked better. And all the stories that we're hearing about it have been really positive with him taking Tommy DeVito and the rest of the offensive linemen out to dinner every single week. Little things like that that the Giants locker room didn't have in place before Justin Pugh got there, they make a big difference. You know, like you really grow a sense of camaraderie, a sense of brotherhood when you do those things outside of the football field, when you're off the football field and you're just bonding. That helps you on the football field. Justin Pugh recognizes that, understands that. This is something that helped the Giants offensive line. It was never a super talented unit when he was on it years and years ago. And it wasn't really a great unit when he was over in Arizona with the Cardinals. But there was always a sense of camaraderie that he he kind of put onto that unit and kind of brought together with that unit. And he's continuing to do that here with the Giants in his second stint. And I think that's something that's very important, a super underrated aspect of Justin Pugh. Another thing, Justin Pugh, after the game yesterday, there was a video of him speaking to a bunch of young fans, signing some stuff like this is just a guy we want here. Like I want Justin Pugh to be with the New York Giants because he is a giant like he exemplifies the Giants way. He's got that leadership. He's got that understanding of what it means to be a fan, what it means to be a player and how players should treat fans. Like, you know, we can kind of compare and contrast to that situation where Evan Neal got a little too uh, overheated and a little bit too frustrated, took it out on the fans. 
Justin Pugh would never do something like that, would never let that happen. In fact, he would say, I hear your frustration. I'm here for you, my fans. And so that's what I love about Justin Pugh. So when you were thinking about who's staying, who's going in this upcoming offseason, what do we want to see the Giants do with this offensive line? I do want to see Justin Pugh return to this team. And I think that the way that he's kind of um, demonstrating his leadership skills. If he is on the seat on the team next season, I could honestly see him earning himself a captain's patch in training camp and entering next year, whether he's even a starter on the offensive line or not wearing a captain's patch, just knowing that he's kind of there to lead those guys on the sideline and on the field every single day um, in practice and on game day. So I love Justin Pugh, love what he's bringing to this team. Still think that there's a lot of room for improvement for this offensive line, but yes, it was absolutely a step in the right direction against this commander's team. They have some really great interior defensive linemen. They were pretty much shut down for a lot of the game. Um, Again, in run defense, they did their thing, but really the Giants offensive line played a lot better. But another thing that you mentioned there, Alex, you did mention the draft. I heard you say the word draft pick like that is a very big conversation stemming from this game the Giants get their third win of the season the Chicago Bears blow it at the end so they're also sitting with only three wins now they have the tiebreaker on the Giants they're ahead of the Giants in the draft order and of course we've got this crucial matchup coming up here against the New England Patriots who are on their bye week this week they're two and eight that's really a deciding game in terms of draft pick, draft capital, you know, draft stock, whatever. The Giants sitting here with the fifth overall pick, had the second overall pick going into this week. This win moves them down. And I want to give my take on this first, Alex, before we discuss it. The wins like this are necessary. The Giants need to win some games down the stretch. I understand the kind of desire from certain fans to want the first overall pick, to want to go ahead and just know that you're getting whoever you want in this draft class. You can draft the top quarterback prospect, whatever. I completely understand that because I am in the boat where I want the Giants to draft a superstar quarterback prospect this offseason. But you can't do that and go into next season with this head coach, with this locker room feeling confident, with this locker room feeling together without winning some games down the stretch. In particular, a division road game in Washington Stadium. Getting a win like this is huge. We've been talking about Brian Dable. How warm is his seat? Does he still have the locker room? Absolutely, he still has the locker room on his side. Demonstrated by this win, they went out there and they got a win for each other, for Brian Dable. Wins like this are necessary. The Giants really lost out the rest of their games on the season, like didn't win another game. Things would start to happen in that locker room. You would see players start to argue with each other. You would see Brian Dable begin to lose that leadership that he has, and you would see his seat start to heat up and potentially lead to his firing in the offseason. So if you guys like Brian Dable, support him, want him on this team, love some of the leaders in this locker room, want to see this team succeed in the offseason and into next season, they need to pick up some wins down the stretch here. Whether you're picking fifth overall or first overall, there is one thing that I know Joe Shane believes in, and that is the power of trading up in the NFL draft. If Joe Shane identifies a franchise quarterback, guys, he's going to go out there and he's going to do everything that he can, godfather his way up to the draft pick that's necessary to select that player. Scared money don't make money. So honestly, that's the quote from Joe Shane that I would focus in on. If you Giants fans are worried about them falling back in the draft order, I understand that's a little bit scary because it adds more uncertainty and less control to what the Giants can do with their draft. But if Joe Shane sees somebody that he wants, he's going to go get him. He's going to do everything in his power the same way that the New York Giants did when they were picking fourth overall in the 2004 NFL draft. And Eli Manning was a top prospect. And they said, we are only walking out of this draft with Eli Manning. They traded future first round picks 
future second round picks. They moved up there. They got Eli Manning. They didn't have a good offensive line in front of him. He struggled the first two seasons of his career, but they had their quarterback in place built around him. Years later, it led to a Super Bowl. Years later, it led to another Super Bowl victory. That's what the Giants are doing right now. They're picking up some wins down the stretch here to keep this locker room intact, keep confidence in this coaching staff, and keep this team together. And they'll figure they'll figure out the draft later on. Like they will worry about that at a later date. I'm not super worried about it. Like, yeah, I understand losing helps the Giants get a higher draft pick. There is so much that can happen between now and the rest of the regular season. The Panthers can pick up some surprise wins down the stretch. The Bears can pick up wins. The Cardinals should pick up wins. They're hanging in games. They've fought against the Texans yesterday. Kyler Murray looks like he's a winning quarterback. There's going to be different things that happen between now and the end of the regular season that are going to work against the Giants and work for the Giants. But you have to keep in mind that winning football games is necessary for this locker room, necessary for this coaching staff to remain in place and feel confident going into the offseason and feel confident bringing a rookie quarterback into this environment in the first place. Like, think about that. If this locker room is all in disarray, the Giants don't win another game for the rest of the season. How are they going to feel comfortable bringing a quarterback into the situation and watching it just become a more controversial situation? I think that there's a lot of positives to draw from this win, Alex. I do want to hear kind of your take on that. You know, I know you said earlier you're not a fan of tanking. Me neither. I'm making that clear right now. The Giants should try and win these games and figure it out later. But kind of how are you feeling, you know, that perspective where the Giants are going to win more games, but that's necessary to keep things in order and keep this locker room from falling apart before the season's end? Well, I'll tell you this. Brian Dable, as you referenced, um, does has this locker room following him. He is leading them. You know what I mean? They're, they have not given up. And I think that goes a long way because, as you said, you don't really want to bring in a situation, a quarterback into a situation that's bad like that. And if they had, if if Dable had lost the locker room, I think his job would be much more in jeopardy. You know what I mean? Like we may actually see Brian Dable get fired if that was the case, but he hasn't. This team is three and eight, and they they look like they want to show up and play every week. Um, he has them bought in, and he keeps saying like, "We're not a bad team. We're a good football team." And the Giants every now and then show that. Every now and then we see them look like a decent, competent football team. And then a lot of times we don't see that. So it's like, which which one are you? Are you a bad team or are you a decent team that can actually compete? You know, we, we just don't know yet. And look, the truth is we beat the crap out of the commanders every single time. I don't want to see us just beat the crap out of the commanders. We get we get like this little inkling of hope that the Giants are a decent team, but we only beat this one team. Like we have to go and compete against the Raiders who just turned over their entire coaching staff. We have to go and compete and beat teams like the Jets who cannot move the ball on offense. You know, you have to win those games against Buffalo where you're on the one yard line twice and can't score. Like you have to win those games to be considered a competent team. The Giants, and by my account, are not a competent team. But I do appreciate the fact that this locker room is still bought in. I do appreciate the fact that Dable still has the respect and discipline from these players. And I think that goes a long way. But, you know, the truth is right now, um, in terms of draft capital, in terms of where we are in the draft, as you said, we're just going to have to figure it out. Arizona, Kyler Murray is going to win another game at least. And they're going to keep him. They're, Arizona, if they're smart, if they end up with a top pick, they're trading out of that pick. You know, they're moving right back. And they're saying, we're going to keep moving back a couple spots, see if we can land a Marvin Harrison Jr. or a top offensive lineman um, to give Kyler Murray more support. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Kyler Murray, I mean, it sounds like a match made in heaven. I feel like that's might be what they're thinking because Kyler is their guy. Like, he looks phenomenal. Justin Fields, go watch Justin Fields' tape yesterday. He looks really solid. Like, 
the Bears may not move on from him. He's in his third season. He'll be going into his fourth year. They can pick up his fifth-year option, two years. They can reinforce that entire offense. They can go out and get, you know, uh, I mean, they, well, they just got Montez Sweat, right? They just went and traded for a pass rusher. So they can add a, a an offensive lineman. They can add a receiver to pair with DJ Moore. They can do a bunch of things to support D- uh, Justin Fields. They may not move on from him. So you're talking about the one and two picks right now being teams that don't need a quarterback potentially, Right. That gives the Giants, like, look, if you're a Giants fan right now and you're like, oh, damn, like, we're now at fifth, you could still trade up. You could still trade up and get your guy. Like, don't – I'm not overly concerned about that because I think that one way or another, one, two, unless New England ends up with the second spot, I think we're going to have a chance to move up and get uh, a quarterback, at least Jake May or Caleb Williams, whichever one ends up falling into our lap. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not really concerned right now. Uh, but, look, the truth is right now is that I don't trust Daniel Jones for one big reason. He is – coming off multiple scary-ass injuries. He's had two neck injuries and now a torn ACL. I mean, look, one wrong hit to his head and his career could be over. Do you really want to be playing that game right now? Do you really want to be running that risk if he slips another disc in his neck? And, you know, if he, if his knee gets injured again, like, is he going to be the same quarterback last year? What made Daniel Jones so effective? He ran the ball for over 700 yards. Can he run the ball effectively coming off an ACL tear? Is he going to be comfortable? Saquon Barkley, it took him a while to get back into it to feel comfortable. He was visibly un- like not trying to lean on that leg. So, you know, it's going to take time for Daniel Jones, and half of his game is running the football. So the Giants have a big, big decision to make. And look, winning football games is going to save the jobs of some of these guys, and it's going to give us a chance to evaluate some of the younger players. Deontay Bakes had a solid game. Jason Pinnock is a starter for us. He is a good player. Um, you know, Trey Hawkins was serviceable. Cordell Flott is a good player. Kayvon Thibodeau is coming into his own. Dexter Lawrence remains a freak of nature. Tommy DeVito could be a, a backup. Justin Pugh looks like he could be a starting left guard for us next season. We're seeing right now that we have pieces here because of these wins that are competent, that can play, that can ball, that can actually contribute toward a winning football team. Um, that's what we're seeing from these wins. In the losses, in these blowout losses, nobody looks like they're competent. We have to see some positivity so we can effectively figure out what the future looks like in terms of the roster and the foundation that they've built. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like, you know, having a higher draft pick may be best for the future. And I, and I do really hope that we can figure out how to get a really good player, you know, whether it be a Marvin Harrison, or whether it be a top quarterback, I think, look, the truth is, is like Joe Shane has been scouting Jake may like freaking crazy. They had four scouts guys at the UNC game this past weekend. They're not going for anybody else. They're going to look at Drake May, okay? They're going to look at Drake May. Clemson has a couple of really good defensive pieces too, so maybe they're doing some um, you know, additional scouting there regarding that. But And they also have a connection with UNC because they had they drafted two offensive linemen there, and uh, Marcus McKethan and, and Josh Azudu. So, you know, you tell me. Drake May, obviously the focal point. They're thinking about quarterback. They're thinking about we need to gather as much information as possible to make that decision. They're on it. You know, they're going to make the move. If it, if they love Drake May, they're going to trade up and get him. You know, they're going to do whatever it takes to get this player. Um, so I, I do believe – and look, look, there's nobody that's going to be in front of us that's going to be drafting a quarterback. If Justin Fields is the guy and Kyler Murray is safe, those two guys, we're going to be able to get Caleb or Drake. Like we're going to be able to trade up and get him. So I'm not too worried about that because from what I saw yesterday – I'm pretty optimistic Kyler's Arizona's guy and Fields. He looks really solid. If he keeps playing like that, I don't think Poles is going to move on from him. So, you know, the Giants will still be able to trade up. They're only going to be like two or three spots away. They're not going to have to give up a first-round pick, I don't think, for him. A second-round pick's a mid-round capital, maybe next year too. Um, but I think we'll be within range to get to get that player. So don't don't if you're if you're thinking about it, I wouldn't be too concerned. There's a lot of football left, a lot of games for the Giants to lose. Uh, but again, you know, the winning helps us now evaluate a lot of young talent. I think that's paramount for our future.
Yeah, and I, that's the point that you make that I really want to hit on and kind of expand on because that's the most important thing here is that it's very hard to evaluate talent when the team is just getting blown out and losing. You'll have great players looking terrible out there in a blowout loss just because everything is falling apart. The Giants need to, if, if we're kind of working under the, the assumption that they're not a good football team, they're not going to win a lot more games this season, they're not a playoff team, the Giants need to evaluate what they have, not for this year, but for next year. Who are the young talents on this team that stand out? Who are some of the veterans worth re-signing and bringing back? They can't evaluate those things. They can't tell who's worth developing, who's worth re-signing. They can't understand that unless they see this team play good football all together and pick up wins. They need to evaluate what they have for the future in DeVito, in some of these receivers, Jalen Hyatt, Wandale Robinson, who's been playing really good football and is playing the most amount of football out of any receiver on this team. He's actually technically the WR1 of this team right now. They got to evaluate him. How do they evaluate him if the offense can't score and they're down by 40 points? They can't. So the Giants need to play in these games. Like when they scored that garbage time touchdown at the end of last week's game versus Dallas, right? They were still playing all the way through the game. That's not because they're trying to make the stats look better, make the scoreboard look better. That's so that they get enough film on Tommy DeVito, enough film on all these receivers. So at the end of the year, they can properly evaluate what they have on their roster. So they're going to play hard. They're going to be playing for their jobs, a lot of these players. But again, it's very hard to evaluate players when they're down by 30 points, playing from behind. That's when Tommy DeVito is going to make mistakes. That's when players are going to reach out and make fumbles or just kind of get burnt because things are compounding. Like, you know, Deontay Banks is going to get burnt against CeeDee Lamb in the, at the end of last week's game because he's been getting burned all day and it just starts to get worse and worse a snowball. But when you're winning football games, when you're playing good football, or at least competitive down to the end in the, in the fourth quarter, that's when the Giants front office can evaluate and scout their own talent and say, we do have something here to build on next year. We can bring Wondell Robinson back and make him a larger focal point of the offense. This is what he does well. This is what he doesn't do well. You can't tell those things in those blowout losses. When the Giants are playing winning football, when the team is winning games, you can evaluate what you have on this roster and prepare better for that upcoming draft and for the upcoming 2024 season. So there are, there is still a lot of talk, a lot to talk about with this team for these remi- remaining weeks of the season. Like, yes, I wish we were talking about a winning football team with Daniel Jones on an MVP campaign right now, Alex, but we're not. That's the reality of the situation. Right now, we're evaluating what the Giants have and what they don't have and making determinations for the offseason. That's what the front office is doing, so that's what we're doing. And again, you can't do those things without watching this team win some football games and kind of play some good football. That's how you evaluate good talent. So, And it's speaking of, speaking of good talent and players evaluating, I just want to once again shout out that defensive line. The Giants' defensive line won them that game in many ways yesterday. They had a lot of great plays in run defense. They were constantly pressuring Sam Howell. Sam Howell did not know what to do whenever Dexter Lawrence was sprinting at him at full speed. Most quarterbacks don't, especially Sam Howell, though he threw a lot of interceptions, threw a lot of errant passes because that Giants' defensive line was suffocating him all game long. Kayvon Thibodeau. Guys, he is really, really good. Like, I understand he's had a few games a season where he didn't really show up. A lot of those were blowout losses. Those were games where the Giants were getting ran on all game long. There was no true passing sets, no potential opportunity for him to make an impact. When when Kayvon Thibodeau was given a chance to rush the passer and, and just be that guy, that edge rusher, play in and play out, he shows up every single time. Like, he is a damn good football player, and I'm so happy that he is a New York Giant. Same goes for Dexter Lawrence. We all know how dominant he is. There are still some weaknesses on this team, but guys like Micah McFadden is playing great. Bobby O'Karake played another great game, forcing turnovers. They get two forced fumbles. And Xavier McKinney with his game of the season. Xavier McKinney looked like the player that we expected him to look like all season long in yesterday's game. And that's something we talked about last week, Alex, when I was saying, 
But Xavier McKinney's not playing such great football right now, but a lot of players around him aren't. And when we watch safeties in the NFL all across the league, like remember how good Landon Collins was, and then he was forced to play against uh, side by side with Curtis Riley, and then the whole secondary fell apart. It's very important for other players to be playing well around Xavier McKinney for him to play good football. And when everybody's playing well, like Deontay Banks made a lot of plays yesterday, like you said, Alex, Xavier McKinney turned in his best game of the season. So we're seeing a lot of these players really buy into this culture, really say, I do want to be here. I do want to play good football. I want to win football games with the New York Giants and have a future here. Xavier McKinney, shout out to him. Great player um, and great game yesterday. And really a lot of standout performances from this defense. So Alex, before we wrap up here, who are some of these other guys that just really stood out to you? You know, like when we are evaluating this team for the rest of the year and thinking about who we want back on this team next season, who maybe we don't want. I think a lot of players made a case yesterday that they are here for the long term, and that these are building blocks. Who are some of these players that really stood out to you? I mean, a couple guys that really like shined and, and have been kind of developing some, I mean, you know, guys that are going to be here for a while. Obviously, like you mentioned, Bobby Okereke has was excellent. He's been awesome for us. Micah McFadden is a pillar. Cordell Flott is developing into a very solid slot cornerback. Really like him. Jason Pinnock has turned into a very solid, strong safety. Really like Jason Pinnock. Wandale has been excellent. Um, you know, has been productive. I wouldn't say excellent, but productive. And I think I want to get him more targets. Darius Slayton is more than capable. Last week, he complained. He was like, yo, throw me the freaking ball. Like, get me get me the rock. And this week, they got on the rock, and he scored a touchdown and had over 80 yards receiving. So maybe, like, calling the coaching staff out, maybe throwing a little bit of a tantrum to get some attention goes a long way because they started to throw him the freaking ball, and he look, look what he did. He started to produce. So, you know, go figure. You know, you, you got you to gotta freaking throw a fit just to get the ball around here if you're on the Giants. It's crazy. Um, you know, it, it's just unfortunate. I mean, other guys that I like, I mean, Saquon Barkley had a great game. I'm so happy that we started using him as a receiver, too. We have been saying this for years. Like, get Saquon involved in the receiving game. They finally did that, and look what happens. He has two touchdown passes. It's ridiculous that we haven't done this more. Um, but, you know, finally they're figuring it out a little bit. At You know, in week 11, of course, it's, it's, it's a little too little too late. But other guys, as I referenced, Justin Pugh was very happy with his performance. Um, I got to watch back Tyree Phillips. He could be a decent depth piece for the future. I didn't notice anything that was, like, glaring, uh, but I'll have to look it back. Um, you know, who else on the defensive side? Trey Hawkins was – he had to give up a couple receptions, but he was right there in coverage. He was sticky. I liked that. Um, I like that he was, you know, he was doing a good job at, at the very least. You know, the run defense was fine. They, Brian Robinson had a pretty bad game. And, you know, they, they had a couple of drives where they sustained the running game a little bit, but then they, the Giants caused a turnover. So, you know, and Kayvon Thibodeau, man, the guy is not a bust. Guy is actually a very freaking good player. So love to see that. Um, you know, didn't really see much of Aziz Ojolari. But, I mean, so far, like those young players, man, like it's it's a lot of young guys, a lot of young players that are stepping up and and making a positive impact, a positive contribution. That is the sign of good drafting. You know what I mean? That is the sign of good development, good drafting. The Giants have a lot of young pieces like that that can now help us win games in the future. You add that difference maker. You add, you know, if it's going to be a top quarterback, if it's going to be a top wide out, it's going to be something that, like, changes the course of this organization. We have a good foundation building. I just think that the Giants got lost um, with all the injuries. The offensive line was decimated. Just a lot, a little bit of bad luck, but at the same time, um, the injuries to our quarterback position are unsustainable. Daniel Jones, can he bounce back from having two neck injuries and now an ACL tear? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I really am. I'm really unsure, I, and I'm leaning toward the side of I really want to draft a quarterback uh, because, look, Tommy DeVito just stepped in yesterday and threw for three touchdowns and over 250 yards. I mean, we haven't seen we haven't seen anyone do that in a while. It's it's been a minute. This guy's an undrafted free agent out of freaking Illinois, like. Let's be serious. Like, no one expected him to do that, and he walked in and did it You know, against the Washington defense. That's not very good, but I want to see a, a couple of good performances from Tommy DeVito. 
will tell will tell me if we go out and get a very good quarterback, a high upside quarterback in the draft that we can develop and refine, we might be good. You know, we may have something here. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I know there's still a lot of people that, that love Daniel Jones, want to stick by his side, and I, and I can respect that. Um, but, you know, the Giants have some big decisions to make, and, you know, we have a couple more weeks to figure out what the foundation of this team is going to look like. But I, but I certainly feel um, as though <laughs> – it's going to be a fun off season. That's for sure. I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if we're going to be good next year, but it's going to be freaking exciting. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. I mean, this is going to be a really interesting off season at the very least. I mean, there's so many question marks for this giants team, but again, they're getting some of these answers to these questions right now. Like if they, if they didn't have Cordell Flacco and out there playing good football, we'd be going into the off season saying, man, the giants don't have an answer. It's like cornerback. What are they going to do? But Cordell Flacco's playing good football. So now it's like, okay, they might have their answer here. If he continues to play well, they can feel comfortable going into next year with him as a starter. That's one of many examples here. Do the giants have a premier pass rusher? Well, they have two of them. Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau has proven to be premier. So a lot of question marks that will be had going into this offseason but again a lot of them are starting to get answered through the player evaluations that the Giants are going to be making from now to the end of the regular season again this is not a team competing for a playoff spot but there are a lot of players competing for jobs competing for their longevity on this team and I think that's fun to watch that's exciting and so that's the kind of the stuff that I'm keeping an eye on and again once we get to the offseason we'll figure it out then like all that stuff is who knows I mean there's just so much that can happen between now and then again Really, really crucial matchup in terms of determining the draft order coming up this upcoming Sunday, Giants versus Patriots. Patriots are going to need a win. Like, they're hungry. If they start Mac Jones, Mac Jones needs to have the game of his life. If they don't start Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi also is trying to play good football um, and make sure that he's around for the long term. And also, Bill Belichick's seat is starting to heat up here, so he needs to pick up some wins down the stretch. So if you are hoping that the Giants lose, there's a lot of things that are telling you the Patriots are going to be playing balls to the walls and try to win. But again, the Giants are going to play balls to the walls because they're playing for Brian Dable. So it actually should be a sneaky good matchup. Like this should be a pretty good game. Both offenses really stink on paper. But again, there's some reasons to believe that they're going to try really, really hard to pick up wins, both teams. So it might be an interesting game. and I'm looking forward to it. And of course, we're going to be diving into all the different takeaways from this game that the Giants just played yesterday and winning leading up to Thanksgiving on Thursday and into the game on Sunday. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you listen on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we'll catch you all on the next one. Have a good one. And let's go Giants. Thank you.